Hey, David. Hey, Graham. How's it going? Nah, not bad. I got a joke for you. Okay. What do you call a laughing motorcycle? <laughs> a laughing motorcycle. I don't know. What? A Yamaha. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. I'm starting out strong. The, the I've question revved, is... I've revved the engine yeah. for the joke, mm-hmm, and it's, mm-hmm. it's going strong. The real question is... Uh, how magna- magnanimous should I be here since it's episode one? Very. Um, very magnanimous? Yeah, extremely. Even despite being magnanimous, I think that's a, a, a four. Oh, well, okay. You can do better. Well, let's find out. Okay. Are you ready? You mm-hmm. ready for mine? Okay. How did Vikings communicate with one another? How did Vikings communicate with one? I have yeah. no idea. Norse code. Norse code? Yeah. Okay, that is better than mine. That is a five. That joke is a 5.6. Really? Yeah, 5.6. Right. I like that one. Oh, thanks. Norse code. Thanks. Well, you know what? Enough of the nonsense. Let's get on with the nonsense. Welcome back to Withy Windle, a whimsical interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and groan-worthy jokes featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. It's part book club, part game show. It's an adventure through the wild world of wordplay. I'm David Kern. And I'm Graham Pittman. And welcome back to season six. Well, not back. Not back. What are you... Welcome to season six. But welcome back to the show. You know what I was saying. I know what you meant. I was being pedantic. Oh, yeah. Well, we're already... We're, we're on our game as far as words go. The jokes might not have been great, but we've got some really good words to you know, to write down. Graham, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad we made it back. I don't know uh, if the kids know. We went on a small boat ride this summer. Small. Uh, oh, you mean, oh, the boat was small. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. the boat ride, for me, turned into a, a long-distance swim. Right. How'd I made go, it back fine. Yeah. How did you get back? You, well, because, you know, the... I'm going to dole that out a little bit at a time this season because, frankly, oh. it's a little difficult to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, but let's just say I made it here. Yeah. And um, I I almost have all of my fingers still. Yeah, I was noticing that. It's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. And, and, and um, I'm, I'm like, I have 80% of my ears. <laughs> so... I feel like that's that's fine. That's a Victoria victory. You know, I'm here. Yeah, I can mostly hear. So. For somebody who um, loves typewriters, I, I see that uh, you know you, you need all the digits. You do. You know to clack along. It's 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 helpful. It's definitely helpful. Well, Graham, this is season six. Today's guest. The kids know. The kids know by now, right? We have a guest on on Willie Wendell episodes. Yeah. Here in season six, episode one, six point one. Our guest is. The one and only Mac Barnett, a wonderful children's book author. He writes, and we'll talk about this later, he writes chapter books and picture books, and he is a very fun guy and the perfect guest to kick off a new season. Yeah, that was a ridiculously good conversation. Yeah, we, had we had a wonderful time. time. It was so much fun. Uh, David? Yes. This is season six. Yes. We are starting season six. Right. We started with you, Wendell. Yes. With season one. I'm not sure right. if you know. Right. We start it, with season one. Right. We're now on season six. The math checked out. I went back and I looked at our episodes. Okay. And I saw, you know, we have like 54, 56 episodes. Okay. I, I removed just mentally and making a list. I removed the trailers. Okay. And any announcement episodes. Okay. And that means this is episode 50. Uh, Mac Barnett's our guest on episode 50. This is, yes, episode 50 wow. of Withy Window. So, wow, that's amazing. Uh, with your approval, I am going to read off every single guest we've had. 
okay. over all of these episodes. You ready? That, that's great. And so, of course, a couple of them we've had on multiple times. Well, well, yeah, you'll hear them twice. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Ready? All right. Okay. I need, I, Logan, maybe we can <clears throat> drop in something that's that's fun right now, like uh, balloons popping or I don't know something. All right. Here we go. Kids like the sounds of balloons. I, I just put a lozenge into my mouth because I know my throat is going to get hoarse. All right. Here we okay. go. <gasps> S.D. Smith, Andrew Peterson, Karini Ann Glazer, Glenn McCarty, Jennifer Trafton, Mary Rosewood, Jonathan Rogers, Zach Franzen, Kate Albus, Trent Lee Stewart, Joe Sutphin, Christine Cohen, Jonathan Oxier, Grace Lynn, Kate Milford, Astrid Sheckles, Ben Hatke, Kate DiCamillo, Tim Probert, Remy Wilkins, Daniel Nyeri, John Hendricks, Laurel Snyder, Catherine Arden, Adam Gidwitz, Ken Preby. <sighs> Gary Schmidt, Alyssa Coleman, Alan Gratz. Johnny Jimison, Pam Munez, Ryan, Vesper Stamper, uh, Ben Hatke. Is your throat okay? No. Ben Hatke, Andrew Peterson, Chris Wall, Margie Pruce, John Klassen, Daniel Nyeri, Jasmine Warga, Brandon Mull, Sarah McKenzie, John Erickson, and that's it. What a list of people. You know, Mac Barnett. Mac Barnett's coming out today. We've got an incredible lineup of guests this season to go with all the... I mean, think about some of those those names there. Some amazing writers, very talented people who have um, been willing to come on our silly little podcast here. So we are incredibly grateful to all of them and to all of you who are listening. Now, this is a new season. And with new seasons, sometimes so what, come... What, what, number, what number season is it? Six. Okay, it's got it. Six, six season, season yeah. right, yeah. yeah. So with a new season, sometimes comes... News. So news, yeah. n- news comes with the new season. Yeah, yeah right. things right. to things to talk about. So we have a few things that we need to share with our audience. Important things, essential things, exciting things, exciting things. Would you like to? Where should we start? Let's you pick something, and then I'll pick something. We've got three or four things we're going to announce. You go first, and then I'll go. All right. Okay. Uh, you need to choose anything. I don't even know what you're going to choose. You choose something that you're excited about announcing. This is something we've been working on for a long time. That's right. By the time the kids. Hear this, uh, this will be available. Mm. Uh, we have teamed up with Zach Franzen, who is the a former guest, <laughs> a former guest who was just listed, uh, who is the illustrator. You might know him best for the covers of The Green Ember. And he has designed, uh, he has illustrated a poster for us, a Withy Window poster, an exclusive original. Withy Windle inspired piece of art. It is 18 by 24. It features uh, illustration of David and uh, myself on a boat with books, uh, some in the boat, some in the water, uh, and we are snacking on snacks. Uh, It is delightful. It is wonderful. If you go to our Substack, which is withywindle.substack.com, you will see a post there. With more details about the poster. Plus, you can see the poster. Plus, you could if see you the poster. And uh, also, you could click that link in our show notes, which will also take you there. It is wonderful. Is it, it is, Exclusive. It's a limited time only thing, though. It is awesome. It's great. And it's limited, yes. Uh, also, everybody that orders the poster, um, we will sign it. David and I will sign this poster with some sort of silver or gold or, or invis- black invisible or, uh yeah we will sign this poster um so uh what do you think we should we should leave it open for maybe a few weeks maybe three yeah, weeks we'll, 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 on the post we'll uh on, on the, the post you'll, okay. you'll be able to see the all the information about the dates and everything and but, the price and all that yeah, stuff yeah. so it's awesome if you want david and i on our walls smiling at you or on their walls not our walls not our walls they're your walls <laughs> 
If you want us on your walls. If you want uh, illustrated versions of us. You just go check it out. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, it, all right. And yep. we've been sitting on this for a long time, like yeah. months. Um, yeah. We're very excited about this. And we hope that you are too. It, um, it's a great way to um, help support the show and help us pay Logan and all those sorts of things. And ourselves. So, and, 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 yeah. and, and, and like we have to have snacks. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we'll have snacks in a few minutes. Okay. That's the first piece of news. Okay. A second piece of news. Tell me. On October the 21st, mm -hmm. we are doing a live recording of this very podcast in Goldberry Books in Concord, North Carolina. That's our bookstore with the great Kate Albus. She's going to come back to the shop to do yeah. this event. We're going to record the whole episode. So if you want to see us, if you would like to, dare I say, join us for snack time and for all the different segments of the show, then you can come along. It's, it's, there's only 50 seats available, and there's, so there's only a few left. Yeah. And um, it's $5 a ticket. Um, Come check it out. We'd love to see you there. Um, and, and we're going to have a great time in the shop that evening. I do think there are only a few uh, seats left, but try, yeah, click again, click that link in the show notes. And you can always join the wait list if, in case something opens That's up. That's true. Too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. But we're going to try to do more and more of these live episodes if possible. All right. We have another piece of news, but I don't remember what it is. Let me turn around. We and... have a new segment, Graham. Well, we have an adjusted segment. Oh, that's right. Okay, so now here's people, the this, thing. Yeah, people might be sad about this. Well, it's a new segment. It's taking over an old segment, but not permanently. We don't know. Right, we're like, just trying some stuff. Okay, so I'm 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 feeling particularly lazy this season <laughs> and so lazy I don't even feel like doing lazy words. Well, and so, okay, well, you could spin this. You could make this a little more positive, Graham. I could. I don't know how. I don't have the skills. <laughs> okay, so here's what's happening, guys. We're not doing lazy words. Instead, we're doing a segment called crazy words. <laughs> so instead of lazy words, it's crazy words. <laughs> the idea is there are so many wonderful what's it called? crazy words. There's so sorry, Logan. The, the editing this audio is going to be terrible. Are you practicing that? That's good. I, like I never it. did that before until okay. just that moment. Spontaneous, just, yes. yeah. spontaneous combustion. So, um, <laughs> so what's going to happen is there are so many wonderful incredible words in the English language that are kind of crazy that are kind of crazy. And so what we're going to do is each episode, I am going to bring a word that I particularly enjoy for how crazy it is. And I'm going to share it with Graham and Graham is going to help me try to figure out where this word comes from. So lazy words, we were, we were trying to look at words that maybe they don't really pull their weight. Well, here's <laughs> some words that really pull their weight. And so um, it looks like the opposite of lazy words. Yeah. So we're going to have some fun looking at the craziest words out there and where they come from and what they mean and how they came to be and why they get used. <laughs> yeah. And this is what we're going to try it out for this season. Um, maybe we'll do lazy words next next season. Maybe we'll do hazy words next season. I mean, I... I mean, what about... Um, glazy words. I was going to say glazy, glazy words. Glazy words. Uh, yeah, so maybe we'll do like lazy word this next season, crazy word the season after, lazy word, maybe crazy we'll word. Lazy. episodes. Yeah, who knows? You know what? It's a show that is about the wild world of wordplay. We say that every episode, and this is this season we're going to try a different part of the wild world of wordplay. When do you say that? I don't know yet. In oh. the, it says it in the description, Graham. Remember, I never can say it like half the episodes. I screw it oh, up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that part, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, Graham, let's take a quick break and then uh, eat some snacks. What do you say to that? Uh, I say, tally-ho. <laughs> Crazy word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are back and we are 
hungry. Graham. Yes. We have, I believe, some snacks that were sent in by a listener. Uh, we, have, we actually have several of those this season. Yeah, we do. So this first snack has been in my back room for weeks. <laughs> I've been staring at it, not able to eat it because the show hadn't come back yet. Ah, uh, um, yes. Okay. It is packaged. It is full of preservatives. <laughs> well, you're not going to die because this is an old or older snack. The preservatives might get us eventually. <laughs> right. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the, all right. So actually. It's not going to be tonight. My sister-in-law, um, technically a listener, she listened with my nephews, uh, brought, went to Canada and brought us back a variety of Cheeto. Oh, Okay. That I've never seen. Okay, so this is like a chip-themed snack time. Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, crisps. Right. Cri- cri- crisps. Crisps. Yes. All right. These are ketchup Cheetos. And they, <laughs> they wrapped them with twine in a note that says, do not open until the next season of Withy Windle. And I followed that instruction. I am. It's rare for me to have self-control. When uh, it comes around, to Cheetos. Around okay, snacks. So let me see this. Let me see this. I'm, I'm actually somewhat nervous about these. So it, I like ketchup chips. Like the, 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 you can get them in Canada. Um, to me, they don't taste like ketchup. They taste like ketchup chips, <laughs> which is a different thing than ketchup. Right. Um, okay. So uh, there's a few things I love about this. Okay. You know, it's Canadian, right? So therefore, yeah. French. There's lots of French on the label. Sure. We. Oui. Lots of French. Oui. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, on the back, it says that they are dangerously Canadian. <laughs> and so it says, warning, mischievous flavor. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but it also says, limited time only. But being Canadian, it says, sorry, limited time only. Oh, I mean, yes. let me rephrase that. Sorry, limited time only. It's an apologetic bag right. package. Um, yeah. Should I open them? Yeah. I would, no, I want you to eat it first. Okay. Um, I want to okay. see your reaction. Right, here we go. Okay, I'm going to pop the bag. Okay. Okay, I just smelled the bag. Yeah. It smells ketchupy. Okay. Wait, are they rings? They, yeah, they're like, they almost look like, wait, they look like. Oh, they're maple leaves. or maple leaves. Is it a maple or, leaf? It looks like maybe it's supposed to be, or, I mean, you know. We'll go with maple leaf. It, I think it is. Like, it looks kind of like what uh, you know, a misshapen onion ring might look like. If all right. Got, all, okay. the, all the listeners in Canada right now are like, yeah, of course we know what these are. But okay. Here we, we go. Ready? We're shocked. I, you've, got a, you've got a perplexed uh, oh. uh, face on you there. These don't feel like Cheetos. Anyway, what That's do you think? The first part is they don't seem like Cheetos. Like they're they're airy, you know they so they don't have that like uh they don't have that crunch that you get with a Cheeto. I mean there's a little bit of a crunch, but not that dense crunch you get with a Cheeto. They're very um man, I don't even know how to describe it. All right. I just they're smelled like it air. and got excited. There's a vinegar kind of thing going on there, which would make sense with ketchup. Okay. They taste like ketchup. Okay. I, I'm all really, in. They really I'm all in on this. Do you like ketchup? No. <laughs> we don't go when we go to like a burger place, you don't even eat dip your fries in ketchup. I will dip french fries in ketchup, but I don't like it. I would take it on like, a burger or I on want a... my barbecue sauce, I want like buffalo sauce, mm-hmm. I want Yeah, these are awesome. He's Oh no. It's going to be a problem. I'm going to eat all and of these. So airy. Well, they are mischievous. 
It's dangerously Canadian, which means it's mischievous. But sorry, limited time only. So that's true. We, that's true. I mean, I'll enjoy this bag. You'll probably eat a few more. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not against them, but I'm gonna need to take some time with them. Ooh. Okay. So we have something else here. We have three crisp themed things for snack time yep. today. We also have Uts, which is, I believe, they're from Pennsylvania, right? Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, Hanover, Pennsylvania. But they're popular down here in the South. And this is Mike's Hot Honey Potato Chip. Yep. Infused with chilies. So, wait. I don't see anything about whether it's mischievous or... French. There's, no, there's, there's definitely no apologies on here. <laughs> they make no apologies. Um, it says, just one bite of this seriously delicious chip will have you reaching into the bag for more. Which, I mean, that's just describing all chips. Uh, not all chips. You have, there's a chip that you can only eat none of? Ye or one of? <laughs> none of? Yes. Yeah. I've had some bad chips. Okay. Well, if you, but if you like a chip at all, you're rarely eating just one oh, of them. Oh, no. True. Okay, that would here be we a go. sad situation. So look, they look They look like plain or like salt and vinegar. You can't. There's no. You can't see. It's not like there's a coating of flavor on these. You know what I like about these? Like they're called Mike's Hot Honey, and I think Mike's is a brand. So it's like this is like a, a collaboration. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the hot sauce comes a little bit af after. Yeah. Man. These it's taste right like away. honey. Yeah, they're honey with a little bit of spice on the back. I like this. Mm-hmm. Good job, Uts. Good job, Pennsylvania. Good job, uh, the Northeast. New England. Is Pennsylvania Pen is not the New, New England. It's not. Everybody in Pennsylvania and New England just <laughs> stopped listening. Well, they can go eat it, some Jimmy's and Scrapple or whatever yeah, they do up there. Northeast. Go look at the Liberty I mean, Bell. Guess, it's like part of Pennsylvania is like bordered with Ohio. So. Yeah. It's, yeah. Isn't yeah. that New England? <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything north of the Mason-Dixon line is I New England. I don't know. I've never, I haven't spent much time up there, so. Yeah, clearly. Okay, speaking of not spending time up north, um, <laughs> this is um, not technically a crisp. It is a, it's a pretzel, but it's zap, Zaps, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Pretzel sticks, jazzy honey mustard, New Orleans-style jazzy honey mustard. Now, th this could easily have some French on it, being from New Orleans, but there's, I don't see any French anywhere. But there are... Uh, oh, I see French. And look at the front. There's French on the back. There's, and there's a, a fleur de lis. There's a fleur, yeah. And it says... I can't speak French. It probably says jazzy honey mustard alert. It says, enjoy, and laissez le bon temps roulé, something like oh, that. Oh, it says, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> But it does say thank you for buying our Speaking product. Speaking of crazy words. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But not English. Okay. Have you had these before? I've had the Zaps Voodoo pretzel sticks. See, I don't think I've had the Jazzy Honey Mustard. Again, here's a condiment I don't what? like. Mustard. Ketchup, mustard, and hot sauce. That's the theme here. Oh, Chips condiments. Condiments. Con carbs and condiments. There you go. That's a segment. Oh, this is delicious. Nobody used that. That's ours. Patented. TMR. It's going to... TMR? TM, trademark, R. Oh, okay. Copyright. Registered. Yeah, registered. Okay. And C with the circle. This is delicious. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very good. Okay. So I, I do not like ketchup. I do not like mustard. I really like honey mustard flavored things. I okay. got weird tastes, weird stuff going on. But again, um, not going to apologize. Huh. I, I don't understand it, but this, I live with it. Those are delicious. You like those? Yeah, a lot. And they have, like, that's the texture. There's a little density to them, you know, a little bite, toothiness. That's what I was expecting in the Cheetos, the ketchup Cheetos. No. I wanted a little bit of 
ketchup a, Cheetos so are mostly air and powder. Yeah. But, but it's powder I'm happy about. Um, and then these ones, the honey mustard ones, are more dense. More They're more of like a pretzel with, with certainly still some powder-like, you know, seasonings. Whereas the hot ones, those have no powder at all, mm. which I think is interesting. Right. Those are three delicious and weird um, foods right there. Carbs and condiments. Condiments and carbs. That's that's the theme for this. Okay. That this one. All right. All right. And th- you know can what you else do, I can you do that again? You know what else I would call this segment? What? Successful. Mm. You know what? Let's linger. Satisfying. Let's linger in it for a minute, and we'll be back in a second <laughs> with crazy words. Take a nap. All right. All right, everybody. Graham's over there eating chips, cr- crisps, but I'm ready for crazy words. Okay. Now this is the way this segment's going to work. I'm yeah, not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to yell crazy words into the microphone every time I say it. Okay. But it is crazy words. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right energy, but you know we can we can certainly try. So I've got each episode this season. I'm going to bring a word that is delightful for how strange it is. Okay. And you're going to try to figure out what it means. First of all, we're going to see if you know what it means. Okay. Then you, then we're going to talk about where it came from. And we together, yeah, mainly yeah. you, we're going to try to figure out where this word came from. And, you know, maybe we'll try to use it in a sentence. And do you have the etymology I have etymological information i do indeed okay so you have all that uh do you have all the words for this season lined up or would it be good if people wrote in and suggested people some? can certainly write in and suggest their words i have some okay. ideas but you know my mind could be changed altered if you would like to write in a crazy word suggestion write us at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com and frankly if someone someone can probably I mean on just plenty of these kids could find crazier words than what I've got in mind. Um, kids are full of crazy words. I know. They really are. So are you ready for a, this, this uh, six-point one-th? The, the uh, one-th? The one-th of, of the sixth uh, word? And let's, let's do it. Okay. I don't know what any of the, thing, the things that I just said were, but... They were okay. pretty crazy. Here is our first crazy word. Nincompoop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. yep. So this is a bizarre and um hilarious hilarious and uh it seems like it can't be real type of word right but i assure you the word nincompoop is totally totally real okay do i ask questions off the bat or do you can ask questions off the bat but my first question is for you do you know what this crazy word means okay i never heard it defined okay this is a word that you call somebody Right. That's the only time I've ever heard this. Right. You call somebody a nincompoop if they're doing something stupid, foolish. Uh, yeah, I think it's always it's always uh, a bad. Right. It's right. not like a silly jab. Right. It's like you are a fool. Right. Um, I'm assuming. Uh, well, no, t- say the real definition. Okay, right so it, the real definition is that it is a foolish or silly person. Now, okay. one might also refer to such a person with the following similarly crazy words. You might, instead of calling someone a nincompoop, might wish to call them a dunderhead. Oh, I like dunderhead, or yeah. an imbecile, or a nitwit, or a hammerhead, 
or perhaps even a putz. Okay, those are all very good. <laughs> so one crazy word leads to another is one thing that we will we, okay. are, we are learning here. Yeah, nincompoop. I think it's like the cadence of it too is funny. Dun, yeah, dun, right, dun. right. Uh, and the fact that that last dun is is a uh, is a kind of a bathroom word. Right. That's it, funny. It, uh, don't worry. It has nothing to do with that, though. But it sounds like it would, and I've always assumed it would. I'm going to guess this is like a British slang that is just stuck. So let's let's try this. When do you think this word came about? 1600s. That is incredibly close. This word came about in the 16th century. 1500s. 1500s. And um, English is close, except that there was a channel between the countries. Oh, it's French? They believe that it is derived from the French. Oh, then I have no idea. (laughs) Because the only other thing for like poop... I could think of it as like the deck of like that poop deck kind of oh, shit. Oh, right, but right, right. I was like, this, like, maybe it's the the dummy who falls off that. I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, Graham, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to break this word down for you into parts. Okay. And we're going to see if that helps you figure out where this word might have evolved from. So, they think that this word comes from the word nincom. Nincom. And the word poop. <laughs> okay. So the word, let's, let's go backwards. The, let's see if you can figure out the, the poop part of this. I'm so sorry to all the parents listening Episode to this. Episode one. This <laughs> is where we're at. I know. Uh, I mean, like stinky head. Mm-mm. Okay. So it turns out that the word poop is not bathroom related. It comes from a word, which is now obsolete, by the way, which means to cheat or deceive or fool someone. Oh, okay. Now then, the word nincom. I wonder if the, do we get ninny from that? I wonder if that's a. Well, sh- yes, we do because the word nincom comes from the French word nicodeme, which means a foolish or a gullible person. Yes, related to the Pharisee in the Bible, then Nicodemus. And then uh, ninny evolved out of that, meaning someone that's foolish or silly. So you can see a lot of these words are just evolving over the centuries. They become, they start as one thing and they become something else. Yeah. So it's like, a, a, it could be like a foolish fool, a foolish cheat. If, uh, like, yeah, this is, this is not something, this sounds like when it started was, had more bite to it, maybe. But you know, what's interesting is that the original versions of this word were nickumpoop and nikumpoop. Okay. There was no nincom in there, and then they think that it just kind of evolved that way. into, And then as the English got a hold of it, you know, it became maybe maybe uh, maybe nickum poop was a little harder to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this word. I'm going to bring it back into my vocabulary. I haven't said nincom poop in, uh, I, I can't even remember. That's, I mean, decades, maybe. Okay, then could you uh, give us a sentence in which one might refer to someone yeah, else? Like, so could you give us an example of how this might show up in your I would say David used, using nincompoop uh, as the first crazy word in episode one of season six makes David a nincompoop. Well, that's the end of Crazy Words, and we'll be back in a few minutes with story time. You're not supposed to throw me under the bus. <laughs> Where's the bus? Okay, we are back, and we're about to do story time. Before we do that, we want to let you know that you can participate in Crazy Words, similarly to how you participated in Lazy Words. So here's the thing. 
We want you to send us in sentences that use the crazy words. So this time, send us in a sentence, a fun sentence, a funny sentence, a weird sentence, whatever kind of sentence you want to use, that incorporates the word nincompoop. And on a future episode, we might read a few of those sentences. Now, don't be too mean to the people that you're calling nincompoops. But, um, <laughs> you know, be kind, but be creative. Listener <laughs> discretion is advised. And again, I apologize to all the parents and uh, siblings who are participating in this, in this, this future endeavor. It's a real word. Okay, Graham... It is uh, story time. Oh, excellent. I'm going to lay down here for a second. It's my turn to share a story. And this story comes from Dallaire's book of Norwegian folktales. Norwegian, huh? Yeah. Um, Norse code. Norse code. Oh. oh. Norse code. Ah. It's called Goodbrand on the Hillside. Uh, Say it again. Goodbrand on the Hillside. Goodbrand? Yeah. G-U-D-B-R-A-N-D. Good, good brand. Good, good brand. On the hillside. Yeah. Can't wait. I just wanted to make you wait. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a man whose name was, can you guess? Good brand. Indeed. He had a farm which lay far, far away upon a hillside. And so they called him? Good brand of the hillside. Correct. He and his wife lived so happily together and agreed so well about everything that all the husband did, the wife thought so well done, it couldn't be done any better. And she was always glad whatever he turned his hand to. The farm was their own land, and they had a hundred dollars lying at the bottom of their chest and two cows tethered up in a stall in their farmyard. And then one day his wife said to Goodbrand, I think we ought to go take one of our cows into town and sell it, for then we shall have some money in hand and such well-to-do people as we ought to have ready money like the rest of the world. As for the hundred dollars at the bottom of the chest, we can't make a hole in them, and I'm sure I don't know what we want with more than one cow. Besides, we shall gain a little in another way, for then I shall get off with only looking after one cow instead of having us now to feed and litter and water two. Yeah, less work. Right, that's what she's looking for. Right. I like it. Well, Goodbrand thought his wife talked right good sense, so he set off at once with the cow on his way to town to sell her. I believe it should be clarified here that he is selling the cow, not his wife. Okay. Uh, pronouns and so forth. But when he got to town, there was no one who would buy his cow. Well, thought Goodbrand, then I can go home again with my cow. I have both stable and tether for her. That I know, and the road is no farther, uh, no farther out than in. And with that, he began to toddle home with his cow. But when he had gone a bit of a way, he met a man who had a horse to sell. <laughs> So Goodbrand thought it was better to have a horse than a cow, so he swapped with the man. A little further on, he met a man walking along and driving a fat pig before him. And he thought it better to have a fat pig than a horse, so he swapped with the man. This guy is, um, yeah, he's entrepreneurial. Industrious. Industrious. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Lots of trading. Well, hopefully it doesn't turn into an income boot. Mm. After that, he went a little farther and he met a man with a... Can you guess what the next animal was? A duck. A goat. So he thought it was surely better to have a goat than a pig, and so he swapped with the man who owned the goat. Then he went on a good bit till he met a man who had a... Earthworm. Sheep. Sheep. And he swapped with him too. But he thought it always better to have a sheep than a goat. You know, the thing about this guy, he seems really like... He, he's not sure what he wants out of life. Um, I'm, I'm starting to wonder. It's a lot of trading. I, I'm good with... Maybe it's more the trade than the item. Maybe he just likes the maybe, uh, the, the, the activity of trading. He gets trading. away from his house on the hill, and and it's just like, 
goes nuts. Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. So you know how our kids will trade like sports cards or Pokemon cards or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like all they really care about is the trading less than the cards. It seems kind yeah. of like this. It's like getting the best deal. Right. Exactly. It's the, it's the thrill yeah, of the hunt. Exactly. <laughs> After a while, he met a man with a goose, and he swapped away the sheep for the goose. And when he'd walked a long, long time, he met a man with a cock, and he swapped with him for he thought in this wise. This is not wise. This has got. He's gone. For, he is gone. Animals are getting smaller and smaller. He has gone from a cow to a chicken right yeah okay a, a rooster yeah tis surely better he said to have a cock than a goose then he went on till the day was far spent and he began to get very hungry so he sold it for a shilling and bought food with the money for thought good brand on the hillside tis always better to save one's life than to have a cock after that he went on home till he reached his nearest neighbor's house where he turned in <sighs> what did he turn into to bed oh he turned in okay well said the owner of the house how did things go with you in town Rather so-so, said Goodbrand. I can't praise my luck, nor do I blame it either. And with that, he told the whole story from first to last. Ah, said his friend, you'll get nicely called over the coals. That one can see when you get home to your wife. Heaven help you, I wouldn't stand in your shoes for anything. Ah, well, said Goodbrand on the hillside, I think things might have gone much worse with me. But now, whether I've done wrong or not, I have so kind a good wife, she never has a word to say against anything that I do. Hmm. Oh, answered his neighbor i hear what you say but i don't believe it (laughs) (laughs) shall we lay a bet on it said goodbrand on the hillside see i think it really is the thrill with this guy Mm -hmm. i have a hundred dollars at the bottom of my chest at home oh goodbrand you lay as many against them yes the friend was ready for that bet so goodbrand stayed there till evening and when it began to get dark and they went together to his house and the neighbor was to stand outside the door and listen well, Goodbrand himself went in to see his wife. Good evening, said Goodbrand on the hillside when he came in. Good evening, good evening. Oh, praise to God, is that you? said his wife. Yes, so it was. And then the wife asked how things had gone with him. Yeah, only so-so. Not much to brag of. When I got to the town, there was no one who would buy the cow, so I swapped it for a horse. For a horse, said his wife. Well, for that you really shall have many thanks, said the wife. We are so well-to-do that we may drive to church just as well as other people. And if we choose to keep a horse, we have a right to get one. I should think. Go out and put the horse in the stable. Uh, well, said Goodbrand, uh, I, I just don't have the, the horse after all. For when I got a bit further, I, 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 I swapped it for, for a pig. Oh, no, really, cried the wife. You did just as I have done myself. A thousand thanks. Now we can have ham in the house and something to offer people when they come to see us, we too. What do we want with a horse? People would only say we got so proud that we couldn't walk to church as we have always been doing. Run out and put up the pig in the sty. Well, I have not got... I don't have the pig either, said Goodbrand. For when I got a little further on, I swapped it for, for a goat. Bless us! How well you manage everything, said his wife. Now, now I think it over. What should I do with a pig? People would only point at us and say, Yonder they eat up all they've got. No, now I have goat, and I shall have milk and cheese and, sh- and keep the goat too. Let in the goat. And yeah, I, don't, I haven't got the goat either, said Goodbrand. For a little further on, I swapped it and, and I got a, a sheep instead. You don't say so, cried his wife. Why, you do everything please me just as if I had been with you. What do we want with a goat? If I had it, I should lose half my time in climbing up the mountains and hills to get, to get it down at night. No, if I have a sheep, I shall have both wool and clothing and fresh meat in the house. Run out, let in the sheep. Uh, but I haven't got the sheep any, any more than the rest, said Goodbrand, for I, uh, I, uh, I swapped it for, for a goose. 
Thank you for that, cried his wife. <laughs> and many thanks, too. What should I do with a sheep? I have neither a spinning wheel nor a loom, nor should I care to worry myself with cutting and shaping and sewing clothes. We can buy clothes now as we have always done. And now I shall have roast goose, which I have longed for so often. And, and besides, there's down to stuff my little pillow with. Run out and let the goose... Well, but I haven't got the goose either for when I got a little further, I swapped it away for uh, our cock. Dear me, how you think of everything, said his wife, just as I should have done. Think of that. Why, it's as good as an eight-day clock. For every morning, the cock crows at four o'clock, and we shall be able to stir our stumps in good time. What should we do with a goose? I don't know how to cook it, and as for my pillow, I can stuff it with grass. Run out and let it in. <laughs> yeah, after all, I haven't got that either, said Goodbrand. For when I'd gone a bit further, I got as hungry as a wolf, and I was forced to sell it for a shilling to save my life. Oh, praise God be that you did so, said the wife. Whatever you do, you always do it just after my own heart. What should we do with that? We are our own masters, I should think, and can lie abed in the morning as long as we like. Heaven be thanked that I have got you safe back again after all. You who do everything so well that I want neither a cock or a goose or pigs or cows. Then Goodbrand opened the door. Have I won the hundred dollars now? He said, and his neighbor was forced to allow that he had. The end. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, it seemed like he was going to be left with nothing for his troubles. Yeah, he was. Um, then he got, just got a walk. He, well, he, 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 he got his money. Yeah. Doubled his fortunes. <laughs> That's right. Okay. There's a, there's a point where the wife says, uh, stir our stumps in the morning. Yeah, don't know. Don't know. Don't know what like, that means. Uh, I assume your stumps are your legs. And so I'm going to think about that a lot. I was thinking it has something to do with some kind of work. Oh, maybe. It begins, it means to begin to move or act. Yeah, like getting yeah, out of bed. Getting like out of bed, I'm yeah. stirring my stumps. Oh, I like that. I'm, I'm saving that. I'm keeping that. I'm using that. (laughs) That is not a lazy word. Well, Graham, that was... Gutbrand of the Hill. From the Delaris book of Norwegian fairy tales and folk tales. This is one of my favorite books, by the way. And if you'd like to, you could get this from our our shop on um, bookshop.org, where you can search for Goldberry Books. It's just a great, great book full of stories that are just as fun as that one. You'll hear some similar stories throughout the rest of this season. Um, Just a bit of Norse code. (laughs) All right, Grant, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to introduce the listeners to our guest, Mac Barnett. Okay, it is time for our very special guest. His name is Mac Barnett. He is a New York Times best-selling author of stories for children. His work has been translated into more than... If you had to guess how many languages his work has been translated into, how many would you more guess? More than one. Correct. Yes. Take another guess. Go uh, higher. Uh, uh, six. More than 30 languages. Oh, wow. And he has sold more than 4 million copies of his books worldwide. He has won many prizes, including two Caldecott honors... Three New York Times slash New York Public Library Best Illustrated Awards, three E.B. White Read Aloud Awards, the Boston Globe Horn Book Award, Germany's, now I'm going to have a very hard time with this, Graham, Jugend Literaturpreis. That's the word. I like it. China's Chen Boshui International Children's Literature Award, the Netherlands Silver Griffel, and Italy's Premio Orbel. So he is one of the most decorated and notable children's book authors working right now. He lives in Oakland, California, and he has many thoughts about 
well, lots of things, actually. Food. <laughs> Food, in particular, which makes him a wonderful uh, inclusion oh. on, this, on this podcast. Uh, so without further ado, here is our conversation with Mac Barnett. All right, we are here with Mac Barnett, and we are so excited. Mac, I don't know if you know this, but we have wanted you to be on this podcast for a very long time. You've been on my white... Well, actually, this is a new whiteboard, but you've been on a whiteboard, a piece of paper in our notebooks, circled for a long time. So thank you for finally making our dreams come true. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a thrill. Uh, just just for you know our, our podcast listeners, I just want to make it clear... I was not on that whiteboard. I, the, I know it's this is a big excuse that it's a new whiteboard, but if I, <laughs> I've heard that new whiteboard excuse a lot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> I just where are all the old whiteboards? Well, that's apparently that, with that, my name written all over them. That's a great question. Where are the old whiteboards? Can you recycle a whiteboard? <laughs> I, write in, listeners. Write in and yeah. let us know what we should do with our old whiteboards. You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. Well, we have lots of questions here from kids. I don't okay. think any of them are whiteboard related, but uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll maybe we can find one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first questions are always food related, Mac. And so we're going to jump into those. And the first question is, as I say every episode, the most important question that you will ever uh, be asked on a podcast. Uh, Mac, Cheetos or Doritos? Uh, Doritos, 100% Doritos. Oh, quick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No question. Uh, and, and, and probably first, just going to go classic nacho cheese and then a close second cool ranch. Uh, really, they're probably tied in my mind and... and honestly on a given day one could go higher than the other but i want to be definitive and certain for your listeners that's i think a good podcast guest doesn't hem and haw and so we're going to say nacho cheese doritos number one slot do you have a is there a specialty flavor that would fill that bronze uh level then a cheeto can come into bronze we'll go we'll go we'll go flaming hot cheeto in bronze yeah okay so yeah. I had flaming hot Cheetos for the first time in maybe ten years uh, last mm-hmm. week. Too, they're too hot. Too I'm hot. Just, they're, fl- they're, they're, too, they're too hot. Spoken like they're, a Canadian. They're flaming hot. Yeah. <laughs> what do you? Like, yeah. What do you Canadians that like? you like your dressed chips? Is that right? I, is that yes? But I'm I'm used to um, marketing uh, being a, uh, taking a little bit of liberty. So I was mm-hmm. shocked when the flaming hot <laughs> proved true. Yeah. It, it was yeah. actually telling the truth. I like that this is the... So, to the kids who are listening, that listen to the whole season, there's going to be some conversation about the notion of dress chips on a future episode as well. So, that's uh, <laughs> that's weird. Um, Mac, are you a... Um, generally speaking, do you prefer savory foods or sweet foods? Oh. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I got a sweet tooth. I would say I, would say I prefer uh, sweet foods. Yeah. And are you snacking while you're writing and doing all your book stuff? Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of snacking, although I'm a savory snacker. I'm going to go almonds. Okay. Sometimes I'm just going to go in and and uh, I'm going to create a beautiful mental picture for our audience right now. I'll just go in, grab a spoon, stick it right in the peanut butter jar, mm. eat that. Adam's peanut butter. I'm, I'm very brand loyal. I don't know how available it is. If it's just in the store around the corner from me. Uh, then I'm sorry, but Adam's peanut butter, that is my, that is my peanut butter of choice. Now I'm not paid to say that this is not, this is not sponsored <laughs> content. Uh, well, not yet. Not yet, but I am available. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So are we, we'll reach out as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We can have a cult collab, you know? With- yeah. So, okay. 
Are you so cake or cookies? That's another one that we get a lot. Oh, from. this is big. Yeah, I cookies, cookies. Although I love both. You know, I love both, but cookies. Okay, I love cookies, and and I love many kinds of cookies. I love it. I love a classic chocolate chip. I love a peanut butter cookie. I'm not big on the oatmeal raisin. I'm anti raisin generally. I, I don't okay. like raisins. I don't like okay. raisins. Okay. I don't is like it, prunes. Well, you told you promised you weren't going to be waffly, so yep. you were going to like have be hard line on your opinions. That's right. mm-hmm. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Uh, but that's that. I'm more recent to that. I uh, I've only been drinking coffee for probably seven or eight years, uh, and I'm 41 years old. Uh, so. So you spent 75% of your life not being a big coffee drinker. That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. So you now you're an actual adult now. Now I'm a big coffee drinker. Yeah. And <laughs> and sort of like I went from not drinking coffee to being really annoying about coffee. <laughs> like to just be like, oh, you and Greg would get along. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. that that's a good like middle age habit, you know, mm-hmm. to get really mm-hmm. into something that annoys other people. Um, yes about it yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely all right mac yeah. um we want to give you an opportunity a lot of our listeners have heard of you and know your work very well but if you were going to blurb yourself uh do a little maybe a little bibliography but also um what type of work you do um and maybe do a little pitch for your newest book as well Okay, sure. Yeah, and this is great too. What a great opportunity to blurb myself. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and no. and a little a peek behind a peek behind the scenes of the of the publishing industry because I know that's what we're all about here. Is yeah, is, right. Uh, you, you is, actually, we do have a lot of ten year olds who are very into this that listen to this podcast. Actually, so this is going to be great for them. They're going to be thrilled. well for sure. I mean, the blurb thing is so it's so strange because those blurbs are if you don't know, and I know that that most of our audience does. The blurb is is the the thing that you see on the cover of a book, usually on the front cover, the back cover that just says like, this book is so great. And then it's, it's somebody, some famous author, or sometimes you're like, I haven't heard of this author uh, and I don't understand why they're talking to me on this book, but <laughs> it's very, it's, it's so stressful when we have to go and ask people for blurbs and mm. and it's sort of like, you feel, people feel obligated. Sometimes they just owe you a favor. So they have to say your book is nice. Sometimes you get the feeling that they didn't even read your book and they just mm. say that it's nice. And they'll just be like, they had it, their gardener read it and then just oh, wrote down exactly. what they said. And the gardener says, yeah, it was a wacky adventure. And they're like, let's yeah. just go with that wacky adventure. Um, <laughs> so it'd be like, it would be so much less stressful to, to just blurb my own books. So thank you for this opportunity. Uh, but, but my blurb is going to be probably a little more, uh, you, you were like blurb, but then just blurb your entire life and career. So it's going to be a little more prolix than you normally see (laughs) on the cover of a, on a, on a book. I'd say that I write, uh, I write books for kids, mostly picture books, but also some novels and, uh, now graphic novels. Uh, and, uh, you know, I really, I think I love telling stories out loud. That's how I started telling stories out loud mm. to kids. Um, and uh, I like stories that that make people laugh or at least make some people laugh. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, that's my terrible blurb. I, it's a good thing. It's a good it's a good thing other people blurb my stuff, I guess. <laughs> so your newest books are what? My newest books. Thank you for for pushing me along. Uh, I have a book coming out uh, next month called 
The First Cat in Space in the Soup of Doom. That is the follow-up to a graphic novel called The First Cat in Space Ate Pizza. Uh, that Those books are illustrated by Sean Harris. And a new book out called How Does Santa Go Down the Chimney? Uh, illustrated by John Clausen. I don't know what month this book, this podcast is being released. I will say that in the month we're recording, it's not exactly uh, the holiday season. Not quite. Uh, but but I'm excited to to talk about this book if if we want to put on our our our. It's it, I'm going to keep things vague because I don't want to destroy the magic of this podcast. <laughs> I'll say that we are recording not necessarily in santa season but it is pumpkin spice season uh and so yeah, i think we're allowed that's to talk true. about that's yeah. true oh yeah I, yeah and on this podcast you can talk about things out of season because um <laughs> okay we, we, we have weirdly like a lot of holiday talk during times when the holiday is not happening um I, this isn't this is an evergreen podcast that's right I ho- and, hopefully hopefully yeah. and here in north carolina it's dropped from 99 degrees to 97 degrees so we're <laughs> mm-hmm. this, all air. I think it was mm-hmm. a nice day. We had a nice day at seventy nine, and so then everybody got up their their uh, their, their sweater dials and yeah. Their, yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly. Yeah. In fact, I feel like this might be an interesting picture book idea that I need to think through. Think through um, people who are just desperate for the holidays to come and drink pumpkin spice lattes when it's eighty degrees outside. Yeah, you know, I went to Iceland one summer, uh, and uh, I remember it was very cold, uh, and uh, and and yet. People were just like laying out in their swimsuits. I think it, I think it got up to like fifty-two degrees, and, <laughs> and all the Icelanders were they were they were beach ready. They were beach ready. <laughs> all right, so we have to get to some of these questions here, and we've got some that are very specific to your books. And Graham, I'm thinking. So inside baseball here, Mac, this is something that you're not privy to right now. Is we have a separate chat. Um, that okay. the guest is not privy to where we oh. just kind of are making sure that we're on the same page about what we're going to discuss next and all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So the audience and you are now clued in on that. Oh, so I, Graham, I just sent you this. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think what we should do is because of how specific some of these are, we should kind of do a little bit of a rapid fire on a few of these. If you're good with that, Mac, it, are you saying that my answers haven't exactly no, no, been rapid fire? No, no, so it's far? because we have so many great questions that I think what we need to do is we need to get as many as we possibly can in. So it's is not, this like is this like don't talk about my my trip to Iceland twenty years ago? I uh, is no, that Matt, what we, you're saying? We, we want to hear all about you, but like okay. um, we also do have a limited amount of time. <laughs> yeah, so it's just not specifically waiting. identified by I think your assistant. Well, we we can go long. I'm giving us permission to go long, and this can oh, be a okay. two or three parter. So, so <laughs> okay, right on. Yeah, right on. Yeah, okay. We're, we're going so, long today. Okay, I'm already right, I'm already thinking we cut out everything Max said about himself, and we just perfect. use a wacky, weird adventure as his <laughs> okay. personal blur. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Right, perfect. Okay. Here's one from Gabriel and uh, or Gabriel and Eddie. Um, Mac, have you ever seen the Queen of England in person? Did you actually meet the Queen? Good question. Uh, yes. Yes. That that's a big deal. Okay. And that was a little that was very rapid. You can give I, us more information if you'd like. Okay. Well, yes, I did. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're being uh, confusing. I, I think that I think that probably uh what this is asking probably about is my my best selling memoir, or as I say, uh my best selling memoir, uh Mac the <laughs> Kid Spy, uh all about my adventures as a kid. Uh you know, a memoir is full of the author's memories, or as I call them, memoirs. Uh, 
and well, and, that we all do. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, and and so these books are full of uh, my memories of when I was a kid, the the things I did, the places I went, the people I met, especially all of the spy missions I completed around the world for the Queen mm. of England. Uh, mm. So is this true? I mean, you know. Memoir is a slippery thing, Uh, but yes, yeah, this is, you know, yes, yes. To go back to what I said earlier, yes. Great. (laughs) Final answer. (laughs) Dominic wants to know, did you actually get your jeans or trousers stolen? Oh, this is good. Thank you, uh, Dominic, for that question uh, about my my blue jeans, my, my best pair of blue jeans when I was a kid. Yeah, I did. And honestly, it was it was it was the the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me. So thank you for bringing it. It was Mm. now the Mm. most embarrassing thing Mm. is is talking about it on on this podcast. So uh, so I've got a new most embarrassing moment. And and Dominic, that's thanks to you. (laughs) It does feel like you were ready to move on from that. Yeah, as your most embarrassing moment. So It's, it's true. I needed a new one. Yeah, right. This question comes from Cora, who is 13. She says she's a big fan of the Terrible Two books. How do you come up with all your prank ideas? That's a good question, Cora. So those books uh, are about, yeah, about a couple pranksters. And when I was a kid, I loved pranks and pranking. Um, uh, But I was really afraid of getting in trouble. So I didn't prank at school. I pranked a little bit at home, but it was just me and my mom growing up. And and so the problem is that if you prank your mom uh, <laughs> and you're the only other person in the house, she knows she got pranked by the only person that's not her. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so if you're afraid of getting in trouble, that's really tough, too. Uh, so books about pranking were really important to me because it was a way mm-hmm. to uh, to sort of exercise all of my 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 pranking muscles without actually getting in trouble. And I think when when writing the terrible two, I really wanted to to have pranks that um, felt like they were achievable but also were maybe just a little bit aspirational, felt like you could really do them if you had the materials and the time that you could do them, but were still uh, really ambitious and and unlike anything you were reading elsewhere. So there's another question about ideas here. Um, okay. Where'd you get your ideas for your spy books? That's a great question. So, so again, like that—that's my memoir. So, what I would do, oh, right. I mem- would just memoir. Yeah. I would just sit in a in a comfortable chair and and just sit quietly and and remember all of the cool stuff mm. that i did um yeah philip yeah well. is age seven says keep making shape books what shape would you do next i think you should do a hexagon oh that's a great idea that's a great idea so the shape series uh, is a series that that i make with john clausen and and there's triangle square and circle hexagon is a great idea for a shapes book i need to check in with John, I'm a little bit limited here by what John is able to draw. And like he that he's does, capable of drawing? He we doesn't know, know that many shapes. We did he learn that he's not that great last season. So yeah, like yeah. He's kind of riding your coattails, is what we I'm glad thank you for saying it. Good blurb there. But uh <laughs> yeah, we know, can put that on John Clausen's books. books. Yeah, yeah. Riding Max Barnett's coattails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, we'll see if he knows how to draw uh, a, a hexagon, and if not, maybe maybe we could give him some help on that. 
we are writing, we're, we've been making a lot of new shapes stories, but we haven't been making them for books. We've been making them for a TV show. Uh, we actually, we oh, made a, cool. a stop motion television show called Shape Island, which has got uh, a bunch of new shape stories in it. It is on Apple TV Plus. Uh, so you can check it out there. And in fact, if you want to, if you want to subscribe to Apple TV Plus and right away before you watch anything else, watch Shape Island. That is, that's that would do us a huge favor, everybody at home. Uh, so, so kids, just subscribe. Don't even, don't even ask. No, do <laughs> ask. Sorry, sorry, I read that wrong. Do ask, but but you know, before <laughs> you watch, before you watch anything else, before you watch Stillwater or Ted Lasso or Hello Jack, the Kindness Show, before you watch any of those other shows, you watch Shape Island first. And and then and then I think like a little a little light lights up a little triangular shaped light lights up in Apple CEO Tim Cook's office mm. and he says oh another one and if that light lights up enough um, then maybe they'll send us a free iPad or something <laughs> what I'm <laughs> that's definitely where I thought that was going all right so Eddie has this question he says yeah. Will your books be turned into TV or movie adaptations you've answered that. Partially, not only have, have have I answered it, but but asking it shows why I'm so grateful for this opportunity because the word clearly is not out yet. Uh, it's not getting out to even the people most uh, most avidly searching for adaptations. They still don't even know that that this opportunity to subscribe to Apple TV Plus and immediately start watching before, your show before anything before else. watching and, flat and killers of the very, flower moon this is very important this is very important before watching killers of the flower moon uh you you watch shape island uh and and then you can watch all that other stuff you know but let's say hypothetically speaking you're at my house and mm-hmm. you already have a subscription to apple tv plus does it still help you if i go watch your show like just in a continuous loop, say that helps a lot. That still okay. helps a lot, and I would encourage all people who already intelligently are subscribing, tastefully subscribing to to Apple TV Plus, a great streaming network. Uh, yeah, just put us on a loop. That's that's exactly right. Say say forget for all mankind. Forget yeah, that garbage show. Yeah, I'm not saying it. no. Forget it. Forget it. Just temporarily. We oh, love oh, all. oh, okay. All right. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah, all the shows on there are awesome, is what you're saying. Every, yeah, but right. some, yeah. but one is more awesome than the rest. Right. Right. At least in that moment. Yeah. Uh, it, well, uh, we, it can be permanently. It can be oh, permanently okay. Okay. better than great. Right. Do 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 the people better who make great. Ted That's Lasso? The That's the player. Better than great. <laughs> Do the people who make Ted Lasso know that you go on podcasts and tell other people that their shows aren't very good? See, the thing, I said that it was great and that ours <laughs> is better. Better than Ted Lasso. I'm okay with that as a blurb. If, if you want to put that, I, your words. Yeah, yeah right, words. right. Uh, th- those words did come out of my mouth. But the deal is, I think the people who make Ted Lasso, uh, they don't they don't need to do this. They don't care. Oh, fair. fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. They're doing okay. great. So um, one of the things that, you mentioned is that this is a collaboration with John Klaus and you've collaborated with him on, on many a project as well as other people. And we have a question here from Rowan who asks, how do you pick the authors and illustrators that you want to work with? So could you give the kids a little insight on how that has happened for you? And it's not just John, it's other people as well. Um, So what's, what's that process look like for you? Rowan, that's a great question. And, and and something that's 
maybe going to be surprising to learn is most of the time, if you see a picture book that has a different author and illustrator, uh, the author did not choose that illustrator. The publishing company did. And usually the author and the illustrator, they don't know each other. They're not allowed to talk to each other. Sometimes the author doesn't even see sketches um, and doesn't get to give an opinion mm. on the illustrations. Now, that's mm. not how John and I work. We've been friends uh, for a long time. We were friends before we started making books together. So we sort of break that rule. And in general, mm. I've been really lucky. And the publisher has always at least asked my thoughts on, on their ideas for who should illustrate uh, a, a text that I've written. Uh, but uh, sometimes John and I, work together and we just come to the publisher together and that's been true a few other times with illustrators i've worked with too um and always what i'm looking for is somebody who who sort of matches the mood of of the the story that i've written uh and and that feels kind of vague i'm not i don't want to control the process too much because illustrations are so important in picture books they're really the illustrators are all writing with pictures and choices that mm. that I would make if I were just writing words only, like describing what the weather was or what a house looked like or or maybe what somebody was having for breakfast. The pictures do that. And I want the yeah. illustrators to make those decisions. So I like to work with really smart people who who are very can work in a style that, that feels like the kind of style that I'm I'm writing. But but still, we'll, we're happy to ride in your coattails. You know what? I mean, sometimes that happens, you know? Right, I, I right. think that... that, that Superior I, talent. You know, again, and that, those are your words. And, and, if, <laughs> and, if, and if we want to put that on, on a blurb, that's fine. And We're never uh, going to get John back on is what I'm, no, is what I'm making fault. a big mistake. Whose who's no. fault is that? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm realizing it now. It's my fault. <laughs> Logan, take all the insults out. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll just come on. He'll come on for revenge. Oh, uh, God, okay. Outside. Like, that's a big motivator for Joe. Oh, so, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. perfect. We'll take it, whatever it takes. All yeah. right, this uh, this question comes from Jacob Ender and Imogen, so you have to picture it, all three of them saying this question to you at the same time. Okay, uh, they are big fans of your books. Um, they want to know it's very specific what's with the ambiguous ending of Sam and Dave dig a hole? Did they fall into an alternate reality? Is it meant to be up to our imagination? Any insight would be appreciated as it's been a topic of debate for years. I'm very glad to hear that it's been a topic of debate. Um, I think that, that you know, John and I certainly have some thoughts about uh, what happens at the end of Sam and Dave, uh, where Sam and Dave are. But uh, we haven't shared them with anybody. And some people claim that, 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 like, oh, once Mac told me what really happens. If you see that. You should know that person. Don't believe that person because we, yeah. John John is the only person I've talked to about about the end of this book, uh, and we we certainly had have some things in mind. But but what was really important to us is is to sort of foster those discussions, the exact discussions that it sounds like the three of you have been having. Uh, I think that I like stories that require interpretation. I don't like stories that that tell you what to think. Um, and, and a lot of stories do that, especially a lot of stories for kids. Uh, yeah. But I'm not really interested in those kinds of stories. I don't like to read those stories. I never have liked to read those stories and I don't like to write those stories either. If you do like to read those stories, that's perfectly fine. And, and there are many 
books out there that are going to do the trick for you. But uh, yeah. So we got one from Andrea here. In some of your stories, such as Sam and Dave dig a hole. So, you know, topical. The words and illustrations both seem essential in telling the story. So do you develop the stories alongside the illustrators or are these pictures you have in your head uh, that you have to figure out how to explain? Now you have, you work with like John is doing illustration for you. So maybe that plays into it. But like, I guess the question is apples and oranges, which comes chicken egg, that, that kind of, that kind of question for your creative sure. process. So, so normally if I'm writing a, a manuscript and, and the pictures are going to be like really important to the story. Like there's a, there's something that happens in the plot or a laugh that happens, a joke that's told. Then I'll, I'll put a little note in the art that just says like, Oh, uh, you know, the, the, he's taking the whale to school with him in a, in a, in a wordless spread. Now, in the case of Sam and Dave, John and I are working really closely together. We came up with that book over breakfast together. And as I was, uh, putting sentences out john was sort of sketching on a napkin how it would work uh Hmm. but yeah you're not always working that closely in general i try not to write too many notes because i want the author and the illustrator to feel totally liberated to uh make decisions and and i think that when they're excited and invested that way in in a picture book it's going to come out better so only when completely necessary to to understanding what the story is will I write sort of a a, a brief uh, and and sort of as bald as I can artistic note uh, that mm. that describes what's happening. All right, this question comes from Molly. She wants to know what's your favorite cereal. Oh, that's <laughs> a good question, Molly. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is going to be my number one. No, it's my number one. Number two, Lucky Charms. You you fit in so great on this show. Okay. Oh yeah, is this a is this a cinnamon toast crunch lucky charms? Well, yeah, but we also just have a whole like earlier in the show, for example, we did snack time. So every, we yeah. have snack time every episode. Kids have been sending us snacks, and then moms uh, see us in public and say that we t- encourage their kids to eat too much sugar, sugar cereals. Um, yeah, but you know what else are podcasts for? So. I mean, this is tough. It's like, and it's it's a tough thing. It's like, you know, is, is this a podcast about the world as we'd like it to be, or is this a podcast about the world as it is, right? And and we all have to make that decision. I make the same decisions when I'm writing a book. Am I writing about kids as adults would like them to be, or is, am, am I writing about kids as they actually are? And I'm I'm a, I'm in the second camp, you know. So yeah, it would be great. Should I have eaten all those sugar cereals when I was a kid? Probably not that much. Probably not as much as I did, but did but I? Would yeah. you, but would you be a great author if you didn't? I. That's a that's a big question. I mean, big we don't questions know. only. We don't know, but it's a, certainly a question worth asking. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Graham, it is the time of the podcast now where we um, we challenge our our guests, the authors that are joining us, to bear the slings and arrows of a Graham quiz. Graham, are you ready to put Mac Barnett through the ringer? Oh, I am ready. Yes. All right. Well, then take it away, Mac. Seems kind of weird. It just kind of just a little note, and I know we're trying to keep on time. I do have a hard out, and and uh, and and uh, when I said we're going long earlier, that was that was just to seem nice and laid back. To, right. And now that there's a quiz, you have to go. Well, it just seems weird that you say say Graham, are you ready to uh, to put Mac through the ringer? And there was just no check in to be like Mac. How are you? feeling about about being wrong oh no but your assistant out. is that so, your assistant that i was talking to like yeah, they man. already said that we're like good so oh so jen thanks jen thanks yeah jen's, she, yeah. jen's not listening either that's amazing yeah. she, you know she doesn't listen to any of this stuff uh, right well that's so, you know that's on her that's she's 
that I feel sad for her. What a life. Okay, Graham, go ahead. All right. So Mac, I like to custom tailor the quiz to the guest, right? So good. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I try to riff off of something. And I mean, your new book title is just so evocative, right? The the first cat in uh, in space and the soup of doom. Yes. So I, I wanted to do a quiz riffing off of that. So I first thought about like animals in space. That could be really fun or yeah. anything pertaining to doom. Pretty sure. cool. Yep. Those things Always seem, fun. Always fun. They doom seem too. They so seem, fun. They seem uh, too fantastic. Uh, okay. Sure. Not, not hardy enough. Mm-hmm, mm. uh, not, not, not of the salt of the earth. Mm, hardy salt. So uh-huh. I stewed on it for a while. Stewed. And we are going to do the soup quiz. Okay. Did not see that coming. All right. All right. <laughs> are you ready? Question number yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, these are multiple choice. Okay. Except when they're not. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. First question. National Soup Month is a very real thing that people celebrate. And why not? Celebrating mm-hmm. this essential food seems like a top priority. But which month? Is National Soup Month? Is it A, January, B, March, C? You're starting with a real question. July, July, or D, September. All right, all right. So this is great. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to walk you through my process a little bit here because I'm going to say uh, July. You know, it, you just don't have as much soup flexibility. I will all sip a soup in July. I'll sip a hot soup in July, but like just July just feels like, you know, that's gazpacho territory. A lot of people are are not going to be, uh, and they, they, this is on them, but they're not going to be drinking the full range of soups. Um, Good logic so far. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I'm going January or September. Hold on. I want to, uh, do we have a phone a friend? Can I call John Clausen? And is, is that a, not an option on your podcast? There's which not... one, which one would you be leaning to? I am, uh, don't waste your phone a friend on this one. I'm going to say it's January. That's when I want my soups. I want and my soups I, in January. And I'm going to say you are correct. Hey, look at that. That is ding, National ding, ding, ding. Soup Month. Good job, Mac. January is a hard month, you know, and I'm glad that soup is there for us in it. True. All right. Question two. Uh, Soup is one of the oldest and most versatile dishes you can make. And being so old and versatile means that there are thousands of variations made around the world. Yeah. Some of which are very unique. Mm -hmm. I'm going to present you with four soups, one of which is not a real dish. Okay, can you spot the spurious soup? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, bird's nest soup. Uh, a Chinese delicacy made from the soaking the nests of swiftlets in hot water. Since the nests are held together with bird saliva, the saliva melts into a mineral-rich gelatinous soup. What's happening? Which apparently is very tasty. Uh, option B, kiburo soup. Uh, this soup comes from the tribe the Chaga tribe who live at the base of Mount Kilimanjaro, its primary ingredients, banana and coffee. Mm. Other ingredients, beans, dirt, and twigs. That sounds good. Chocolate ramen soup is uh, option C. Uh, In Japan around Valentine's Day, some people enjoy chocolate ramen soup made with soy sauce and cacao oil and topped with chocolate shavings and ginger. 
perfect for those who love a sweet and salty treat. Or option D, cold puffin surprise. Uh, made with puffin beak and wild leek, the cold puffin surprise is that it's actually served boiling hot. You know, I wish all these soups uh, were real, but I'm going to say my, now I don't know if I've talked about this uh, on this podcast, but I spent some time in Iceland and mm, yeah. uh, there, there are a lot of puffins there. Now, was that pre-spy day or post-spy days? Uh, and that's a good question. I, it was a little of both. Uh, okay. All, you right, know. all right. Concurrent. Yeah. Well, well two different times. Two different, oh, once I as see. a child, as, as, as takes place in the memoir, and then the, the time I told you about 20 years ago. Right. Uh, Why didn't that show up in the memoir? And neither time, neither time was I ever offered cold puffin surprise, even mm. though there are plenty of puffins all flying, sort of flying around there. <laughs> now, I, I know puffins, I know puffins exist uh, in many places besides Iceland, but I'm going to say I, that my guess is that cold puffin surprise is not a real soup. Uh, you are correct. You are correct. And, and I think they might get very upset if you tried to eat a puffin in Iceland. I think they're yeah. Kind of beloved. Yeah. yeah. You know, they fly in a very appealing and sort of comic way. Uh, I, I recommend uh, watching a puffin fly. It's one of my recommendations. <laughs> Question three. <laughs> Let's say a maleficent wizard casts a spell on you for sneaking into his kitchen. Okay. This hex is very specific. It makes you only able to eat one dish for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But this wizard gives you a choice. It can be between one of these four soups. So, Mac, Barnett, which soup are you choosing out of these? Number one, seaweed stroganoff. Uh, number two, bat wing bisque. Uh, three, paperback puree with peaches. Uh, and four, cream of cockatiel. Okay. All right. Well, although four sounds sort of the, the most edible, a creamy soup is not my favorite kind of soup. So so I'm going to have to go to some of our, our wilder ingredients. I think I'm going to do the seaweed. Let's do it. A, do was that correct? Was that correct? What is do you a, think, David? Is A the right answer? Well, read them one more time for me. Seaweed stroganoff. Oh, just so we need the audience to be able to really like, you know, yeah. judge him effectively here. That's seaweed stroganoff. Uh, I like a stroganoff. That's a noodle soup. Very hearty. Yep. Yep. We're, yep. We're adding, so we're adding seaweed to the noodles. Okay. All right. Uh, um, or maybe replacing them with noodles. I, I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. Works here. Uh, okay. Bat wing bisque or paperback puree or cream of cockatiel. Um. Paperback puree did have peaches, by the way, too. And peaches oh, are a great, that's a that's great right. soup ingredient. If you're um, going to eat a book. No, listen, I feel like, I feel like we have to um, let the man be true to himself here. I think, like, I think, I think he should be given a correct answer for that, for, for going with, you know, following his, his, uh, yeah. his soul there. <laughs> I, so so I, three for three so far. Just that's right. For that's those, right. For the, those only, the only definitively wrong answer, I feel like on that one was the bat wing. I yeah, agree. Right. Yeah. 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 If he said that, we would have just ended the episode. Question four. There is a company in the Netherlands called Denk, D E N K, Communique, uh, which set the world record, record for la largest bowl of soup. Okay. So, how large was this bowl of soup? And I have a follow up question. Uh, okay. A, yeah. 
70 gallons, B, 500 gallons, C, 7,000 gallons, or D, not big enough. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, I was worried. So like how like how many can I work this through with you guys? How many gallons is your typical swimming pool? Oh. I well, let uh, me find out. You mean like, like what's the airspeed velocity of a swallow type of question? Like there's just some people who just happen to know this, but most people don't, and they end up in a yeah, pit yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the questions you're asking me, and I, I asked the weird one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, the you're average the guest. swimming pool in a backyard. 18,000 gallons of water. Okay. That's, see, that's really helpful. That's really helpful. Uh, so I'm going to go now that I know that. Although D is, by the way, and I want everybody listening to know, I could have taken D and kept my perfect record because, you know, you can just like D, not, not big enough. And that option was available to me. Yeah. But I'm putting it all on the line. And I'm going to say C. I'm going to say seven. That was 7,000 gallons. Correct. All right. And it is correct. Okay. Gallons. <laughs> well done. David, you, you changed formats here. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my computer charger, it turns out, is not working properly. So I had to switch over to my phone. So I apologize for the lack of professionalism there, Mac. It's all right. You know what? But, well, now, we made it most of the way. Yeah. All right. So here's that follow-up question. So Mac, okay. will you help us bring this world record back across the pond? Will you help us make the world's largest soup? Yeah. You know what? There's only one right answer to this, and I know what it is. The answer is yes. All right. And let's let's do it. This is gonna be this is gonna be a big a big win for the stars and stripes. Uh <laughs> It is it is outrageous. It is outrageous that this is, you know, a, a, a European record. Uh, and yeah, let's bring it. Let's bring it back across the pond. Let's do it. So, can you, so can, Max, you say, can you say outrageous in a in a Dutch accent? No, I know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. All right. So um, so I was looking <laughs> He's got up. Dutch listeners and readers that he needs to. Yeah. You know, I'm looking watch up out for. Um, the definition of soup. Uh, you know, uh -huh. which is says it's a liquid food served warm or hot by combining ingredients with stock or water or milk. So yeah. it's like a potato in a swimming pool. That sounds like it qualifies. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's meet somewhere in the middle of the country. Yeah. Throw a potato into a swimming pool. Well, we got to get Guinness there, too, but. Yeah. Okay. So here, that's right because that's right, and 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 this is why it's very handy that I asked about that swimming pool thing. I uh, and 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 because now we know bigger than that that bowl before. Did they did they eat it? That was that's not part of it. It was just the biggest bowl of soup. Or soup. That's correct. Yeah. 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 I, I I feel like this is a done deal and is very simple and yeah. I think every year we just, seems like we just need to put it on the calendar. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh oh. Right. Question five. Superman, the <laughs> beloved comic book hero created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, is iconic, but let's be honest, a little bit boring. Mm, mm -hmm. But add one single round mm. vowel. <laughs> Before mm. the U in his name, 
Mm. Superman becomes Superman, a character I'm way more intrigued by. Yeah. All right. Last question. If Superman, S-O-U-P-E-R-M-A-N, was a real character, what would his power be? That's that's good. That's good. And and I'm glad you, by the way, also just put it down to one, because another big problem with real Superman, too many powers. Yeah. Too many powers. Agreed. Too many powers. Too many powers. All right. All right. Um, Okay. I've got it. I've got it. All right. We're going to keep, you know, like Superman has the heat vision, right? Yep. What Superman is going to do. This is Superman. O-U-P-E-R. What Superman's going to be able to do. It's a very particular kind of heat vision, which is, I. Uh, he can keep soup at its perfect temperature just by looking at it. Because that's honestly, and I'm a big soup fan, but like you got a little bit of a window with soup, uh. right? And there, it's like, you want your soup to be like, yeah, it's going to, and this is part of Superman's power. It's like, and it's going to depend on what the soup is always. But like, it's a fairly, it's a fairly limited range. And sometimes you have to scarf down your soup a little faster than you'd want to, because you don't, you don't want your soup to be too cold. Mm. Superman's going to be able to just, just by looking at it. How, how might this particular like super, super uh, hero have impacted your, your spy craft? I mean, it's almost too many ways to enumerate, right? And, right. and by, you know, we'll this, talk about that. And just and, and just be clear: by this particular superhero, you're refer you're referring to now Superman. O U, right? E R. And and so when you said superhero, that was S O U P E R. I just wanted to be clear that I was answering because also the question of how Superman with just a U could have impacted my. Uh, spy career is is a another big but potentially more legally complicated uh, question <laughs> right. answer. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. Superman has Wait, this, why? has this. I'm, heat I'm sorry. Who's who? <laughs> so right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Superman has this heat vision, but it mm-hmm. only works on soup. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, and now just to clarify, you are talking about Superman. S O U P E R. Is right. that correct? Because yeah. that is not true of the original Superman who has a regular heat vision that can work yeah. on anything, but probably could work on soup. The, the This Superman with a U, heat vision that keeps soup at the perfect uh, temperature, which I really, I think, would make the world a better place. Yeah, it's a scourge. It really is. Does it also work on other, like, coffee? No. What do you talk? Get out of town, David. No. No. <laughs> I wish, just, hey, I wish it did. I wish it did. I wish it did. I wish it did because this is a big problem. It's it's a really big problem with coffee. And and the solution otherwise is to get like one of those USB mugs. But here's my philosophy. Mugs shouldn't have a USB. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to put I know. Well, there goes our sponsored content. <laughs> but if David, if Look, there's some authors and illustrators I'm very close to, I'm not going to put them on blast. <laughs> yeah but they right. use usb mugs and uh it was it's, it's shocking to me but 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 know that when you were reading a book written by mac barnett you are reading a book by an author who does not plug his mug into a usb port and and you know uh, what if if analog. you're purist in this then you're a true artist that's that's what i think i think what we can 
I put blurb it. Blurb it. Hey, hey, yeah, we got lots of blurbs that have come out of this episode. Hey, Greg, right. how do you do on the quiz? Well, last thing I just want to say, if you if you put a crouton into your coffee, Superman will come and heat it up because that is technically a soup, and then you can just take the crouton out. There's one. Not, not only is that brilliant and correct, but that feels to me that could be a whole. That could be a a twelve issue run uh of of superman <laughs> yeah they can really draw those things out <laughs> yeah they really can uh, all right mac did uh let me see here if i can carry the one uh five for five five for nice. five mac, unbelievable well done. unbelievable how did john do uh at least i think he got one or two wrong sounds uh, like him no i yeah. don't I, yeah. I can't remember yeah <laughs> um, some I, some licks in kid who listens is going to give us the exact answer to that question because they've listened to the episode seven times that's what i want to hear i want to hear it well mac before we let you go we got a couple questions for you um <laughs> good yeah just, just real quick ones real quick ones because yeah. uh, i know that you uh i got a uh, hard out got a hard out yeah hard yeah. out it's in, it's in 30 seconds um what advice do you have for kids who want to be writers um uh, you know of any kind it could be a picture book writer but writers of any kind what like what what advice would you give them as they pursue that especially if they're in that like 10 to 12 range say mainly absolutely i think the best advice is to read reading is is the most important part of this job it's true for the 10 to 12 range it's it's still true for me i i learn more by reading than i do uh from practicing writing uh both are mm. important but uh, it's just really important to read other people's stuff and to, to read widely. Lots of different kinds of books, um, books from different time periods, from different places, uh, and books you like, books you don't like. I learn more from the books that I don't like than the ones that I love. Uh, mm. And yeah, I think that's, that's the most important thing to do for, for, for getting better at your writing. Graham, do you have anything else before we let Matt go and be on, you know, get on with his day? We just got to make sure that our people touch base with Max people about the uh, potato pool uh, world record extravaganza. Yeah, let's go. We got to throw a potato in a pool. Um, and we should, I feel like we should, we should, we should do it down in Texas because uh, they got some big pools down there. So, and that's sort of halfway between us. So uh, meet up in Texas, throw a potato in a pool. This, this, that sounds like a party. Yeah. <laughs> A shindig. Mac, thanks so much for coming on the show and ha having some fun and uh, bearing the slings and arrows of Graham's quizzes. We really time. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I, I loved it. Well, that was Mac Barnett. What a great time that conversation was. Thanks to Mac for coming on. Please be sure to check out all of his books. You can get them through Goldberry Books if you'd like, but you can get them wherever you get books, whatever fine bookseller you get books from david if you um if you had to summarize that interview in one word what word are you choosing don't say nincompoop can i say anti-nincompoop <laughs> <laughs> um effervescent that's a great word effervescent interview yeah light bubbles like like <laughs> exactly sparkling exactly sparkling yeah all right well that brings us to the end of the show which means that it is time for riddle time graham you brought the riddle this week you you're I the did. you're the riddle master i am i are you ready for this riddle? i'm i born ready there is a young girl okay she's uh eight she's nine 
Years old. She's eight and a half. Years old. Years old. Okay. Her name is uh, uh, Christy. Okay, we got there eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Her name is Christy. Okay. Okay. Um, Her last name is Chesterton. Is that... Is that Chesterton or is it just Christy? Christy Chesterton. Okay. Christy. Did you know that in the in England there is a town called Surchester or something like that? And it's sure it's, it sounds exactly like that. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Like so anyway. Christy Chesterton, <laughs> she lives in a small town next to the woods. Okay. Okay. She's getting to that age where she, you know she likes to explore a little bit. Her parents say you know go go out a little bit, go with your friends. Okay. Um, and, you know, uh, don't, don't wander too far off. So we, we, we want to be able to see you a little bit. So she, she goes into the woods and lo and behold, not that far from her house is the best tree house she's ever seen. Okay. This All tree right. house, my attention. this tree house is hopping. She hears it before she sees it. Okay. She wanders closer. Okay. She can see... Uh, there's there's like a rope ladder, right? Okay. But okay. it's pulled up, but she can see it up yeah. there. Okay. And she just hears like music coming from there, a lot of laughing. She can see kids through the windows. Um, so she and her friends, you know, they go up to this this treehouse. And and what do you do at the base of a treehouse that you want to get into? You yell. You, yeah. You yell loudly. You shout. Hey. <laughs> let me in. Drop the ladder. Please let me in. Drop Lower that the ladder. But okay. this treehouse has a treehouse keeper. Okay. All right. Okay. J- J- Jackson. Jackson, the it's treehouse. It's Jackson's treehouse. Okay. He decides who comes in and who does not. Okay. Jackson requires a password. Okay. All right. So this is an exclusive treehouse. Right. Well, okay. all the best treehouses are exclusive. So as Christy Chesterton and friends are waiting there, they see some other kids come up. Okay. All right. They yell up to Jackson to let them in. Jackson yells down, 12. The boy that wants to come in yells, 6. The rope ladder is let down. Boy goes up. Okay. They, They continue to wait there. Another little girl comes up. Jackson yells, 6. The little girl yells, 3. And she is let in. Okay. So, okay. Christy, not a dummy. She thinks she's cracked this code. Not an incompoop. Not an incompoop. She thinks she's cracked this code. So she walks up, and Jackson yells down at her, 10, and she says, 5. Okay, right. She is not let in. Okay. What should she have said? What number should she have said? What is the password for her? So the first two kids said... Jackson said, 12. The kid said six, six. let in. Next, Next kid. kid said six. She said three, let in. Jackson says ten. She says five. She says five. She's not let Incorrect. in. Incorrect. Okay. Okay. Do you like this one? This is good. This, this is, is good. a good one. This is a good riddle. <laughs> yeah. This is a good riddle. Okay. So if the kids think they know the answers to this riddle, yes. what should they do? They are going to write into us at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. Okay. If you think you know the answer to this riddle. Okay. Podcast at goldberrybooks.com. We will share the correct answer on next week's episode. And anybody who has sent in a correct answer to any riddle during the season will be entered into a drawing to win a bundle of books at the end of the season. We have, I think, two 
great books lined up right now. But yes. Yeah. It's going to be a great bundle. And like I said, anybody who gets a right answer, and even if we don't read it on the air, it doesn't, you know, if you wrote it, if you get the right answer and you send it in to us, it will be entered into the drawing to win the book bundle at the end of the season. Um, okay. Well, Graham. Wow. We did it. We did it. We made it to the end. The um, end of episode 50. Uh, man, what a, what a, that's a big deal, which is why we're dropping that poster and uh, not drop, you know, we're releasing, releasing the poster. Releasing. Not, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So in honor of the 50th episode, I thought I would say. You're going to, you, you, we already read all the names, you know? Yeah. I'm, I think I, I'm going to say. Um, You're going to do them backwards now? 50 things that I think you should work on in your life. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then you can give me 50 compliments. Okay. So I've got my list. Okay, go ahead. You first. All right. So, um, oh, no, my note got messed up. I think I deleted it. Oh, well, then hold on. I'm just going to delete. We'll do this next time. I'm just going to delete. Oh, um, yeah. um, Graham is always hungry, tells pretty good jokes. Wait, are these compliments? Mostly fun to podcast with. Like backhanded compliment. Is Canadian. I'm done. I'm done. Let's let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Pull the plug, Logan. Pull the plug. <laughs>